Oh, hey, y'all. My surroundings look semi-familiar. I don't know if I'm fully here or engaged today, but welcome to the Almost Robert Scott Bell Show. I, yeah, I still need more rest. My head is still, uh, it feels like back in the day when I did imbibe, that was many, many years ago, you, have, you feel like you have a hangover, just not enough sleep. My eyes are burning and stinging. This is me playing my the world's tiniest violin, but I'm here for you, my friends. I'm here for Super Don, my friend, so he doesn't have to do the show without me, even though it'd be great, be amazing. And I, you I don't thought, know that. You don't know that. Well, Super Don, I was joking with my wife. I said, honey, you're taking over the show today. She says, yes, me and Steve Feld <laughs> do the show. Here in the we love Steve Cold Feld. Club. We love yeah. Steve Feld. Anyway, yes. well, we'll see. We, we might have a. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we got Jody O'Malley RN on Nurses Out Jody Loud. O'Malley, HHS you know. whistleblower, will be on an hour or two. Yeah, she's awesome. And if 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 the guest gods smile on us, we'll also have Dr. Paul Alexander, who served as an advisor, medical advisor, or you know, COVID advisor at the early part of the Trump administration when all this was just breaking. So that's going to look. We will have Dr. Paul Alexander on shortly. There he is. All right. And uh, with that, let's. Um, Let's get this healing party started. Go over to robertscottbell.com slash listen. Share the show. We are banned on YouTube and Spotify still, so everywhere else. And we'll be right, right with you. And if I can speak, wish me wish me all the best because I have not rested in days. But I'm here for you. And let's get it started now. The Robert Scott, the Bell, Robert show. Scott Bell Show. The voice of health, freedom, and liberty, The Robert Scott Bell Show. All right, we'll be talking about a new book or recent uh, book. It's new enough. It's within like two months, two and a half months. Uh, Presidential Takedown, How Anthony Fauci, the CDC, NIH, and the WHO Conspired to Overthrow President Trump. Fascinating, fascinating book. Dr. Paul Elias Alexander. And Kent Heckin Lively. Today we'll have uh, Dr. Alexander on. Kent's a good friend. I know I've not met, to my, to my knowledge, Dr. Alexander. He's amazing, though, what he's uh, been able to do, despite all of the barbs thrown at him. In fact, we reviewed his Wikipedia page. And, man, you want to talk about smarmy bias against this guy? That tells you all you need to know. He's a good guy. So stand by for that, y'all. And links are up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. As I mentioned in the pre prelim to the show, somehow I'm here and I'm standing. Don't know for how long. This is this is me remembering what I'm not supposed to do. When I schedule events and trips, I've got to remember to get one down day in there somehow. So we flew out, arrived Wednesday night, midnight in the Orlando area, woke up and started the four days of events that uh, Drs. Terry and Stu Warner put on. Uh, the Nurse Freedom Network had a thing going. The Inspire Health Freedom Summit was going on. There were so many things, simultaneous tracks. I spoke CME. Uh, I gave CME lectures for the uh, the integrative physicians there. And we had a public event on the, on, the, on the Sunday and Saturday and Sunday. I was recording. I was live. And then that night, the Sunday night, I just took off after dinner and headed down to Sarasota and did two more days of lectures and appearances. And it's like, this is not smart. And I just want to say that so you don't make the same mistakes I made. Just if you're going bonkers and you want to do a lot, and I do, 
remember, there's got to be a down day in there somewhere. <laughs> Otherwise, you're gonna you're gonna feel it. And I'm you know I'm still feeling it, but I'm here anyway, and I'm glad to be here with you. So, uh, what else is going up as we open up the show? I want to talk to Super Don in just a moment, but there is a big lawsuit that's been filed. Um, an antitrust suit it includes our good friends Ty and Charlene Bollinger and Bobby Kennedy and others. And we've got some clips from Bobby Kennedy on Tucker Carlson in a minute. But uh, Super D, let me see if I can get you to open up your mic, make sure I'm in the right place. Am I in the right studio? Is it, where am I? <laughs> uh, it gets a little more difficult the older you get, doesn't it? Well, when you when you have studios everywhere you go, it's weird. No, I'm just saying doing the whole Iron Man thing where it's just like, you know. Oh, that thing. Oh, I don't need sleep. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll sleep when I'm done. No, that's not a good plan. And it's not like I intend to do it. It just, I didn't think it through. And that can happen sometimes. I'm just encouraging you to not do what I do in this case. Most of the time, I'm a pretty good example of what I uh, would like to have you all do as well. For instance, I didn't, I didn't uh, corrupt my uh, gastrointestinal system. I was consistent. As I said, I would eat good food or I would fast. And I did. And we found amazing food. In fact, we told you about the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando, and, and they have their own organic gardens and everything. We ate there twice. It was amazing. And, and then uh, when we went down to uh, Sarasota, there's a new restaurant that's an a organic farmer's table, and it's owned by a mother and a daughter. And I think the grandparents are somewhat, somewhat evolved. They have their own Italian restaurant. They're actually from Italy, and it's all organic. Italian food and more. Super Don. Wow. Sarasota. I'd uh, go just for that. that. Oh, yeah. my gosh. So so we did really well uh, with food. It's just I didn't sleep much at all. Never rested or downtime. Listen yeah. to me complain. I'm not trying to complain. I'm just All right. To... Geez. Enough already. Come on. Yeah, I know. It's us. Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, what have you been doing? Have I, have I missed Working, all Working, man. You Working. Producer for Shemaine Nugent, Ted Nugent's wife now. Is there any time else than that? Um, somehow I'm finding time. I don't know. You know, I'm my own worst enemy sometimes. This um, is, yeah, I know I, what you're talking about. I get inspired and suddenly I'm just like, I, I was the one that was whining before. <laughs> now I'd have no excuse. I'm doing it to myself, but yeah. In well, any case, also- no, we got some cool stuff going on. We've got a new episode of uh stay at home mom that yes. published yesterday. Uh, I haven't heard from Ula yet, but I assume we'll have one tomorrow for uh, the uh, preacher and the preacher Polish, and the Polish girl. girl. The the stay at home mom episode is about being OCD and a momming, mom. yeah, momming with OCD. Yes, dude, that's going to be good. I haven't heard it yeah. yet, but uh, Leslie's bringing it on the Robert Scott Bell Show podcast network. Indeed. So welcome everybody, and you guys are enjoying it. I can tell. So you know um, who else is bringing it? Who else is bringing it? I'm just I'm, I'm going to be the king of segways here today. Okay, usually it's you. No, no, you do. Our, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Yes. And I actually got a message from Ty Bollinger yesterday about yeah. this. And uh, he published a um, an article about this on Truth About Cancer. Yeah, we have it linked up in the notes. Alternative healthcare activists file antitrust lawsuit against legacy media for efforts to silence rivals on internet platform. And we know our friends, Ty and Charlene, they were part of the so-called disinfo dozen, along with many of our friends. We were only wondering how we didn't make the list. But, of course, they were bringing factual information that didn't align with the COVID narrative, just like we were doing. And that's why, of course, we're still banned on YouTube and Spotify. We've been on and off on other uh, social media. Are you banned on LinkedIn now? I don't know what happened on LinkedIn. I have been banned on LinkedIn. They have uh, locked the account. I think they may have banned you because I went to look for you on LinkedIn and I can't find your page now. Oh, 
well, I'm trying to verify or validate the identity thing. So it might just be a temporary thing. Okay. But normally we're live on LinkedIn as well. But yes, we have been knocked off LinkedIn occasionally. But it, you know you're, you're telling the truth when those mainstream establishment social media uh, groups don't like what you're saying and, and, and suppress you. But the collusion with government and industry is what is violating the law. And that's, the I think, the basis of this, this lawsuit. So Bobby Kennedy was on Tucker Carlson. And, and it's funny how when people ask Bobby, how come you only appear on Fox News? Like, because he doesn't get invited on the liberal media anymore. <laughs> you know, MSNBC just didn't give me a call. I don't know why. No, CNBC, uh, NBC, all of the class. <laughs> no, CNN, they won't have Bobby Kennedy on. Only Tucker Carlson, really. And yeah. I think maybe one or two other hosts have had Bobby Kennedy on. A man of great integrity and, and you know, goes beyond the Hegelian dialectic and tries to find, hey, what's the fact? What are the facts here? Let's go where the facts lead us and let's report on them. And uh, all credit to Bobby Kennedy for being a man of integrity. I have to say that I've witnessed it. I've, I've watched him develop and I've interacted with him some, and I'm more impressed by the day. So he was interviewed by Tucker Carlson. We got a couple of clips here. Yeah, this first one's a little bit long, but I needed it okay. to, to get the entire thing. It's about two minutes or so, but here it's he is on Tucker, yeah. Tucker Carlson last night. Bobby, thanks so much for coming up. Tell us what this suit seeks to do, if you don't mind. Thank you for Tucker. Uh, well, you and I know that from the Twitter files and that other information that's being released that the White House and other government agencies were colluding with the social media sites and with other news organizations to censor criticism of government policies. This is something different. The Trusted News Initiative was a secretive cartel that involved the big legacy media companies that you mentioned, the Associated Press, Reuters, the Washington Post, and the BBC, and also the social media platforms, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, and Twitter. And it was agreement that had two purposes. One was to suppress and censor any information, whether true or not, that departed from official government orthodoxies and government proclamations. I think probably the more motivating uh, uh, purpose of the cartel was revealed in one of the memos that we have obtained from BBC, which is to destroy their uh, rivals in the independent media. The, the BBC memo says to the other groups, and it was BBC, which is a government, a British government-owned news network, and it was the one that orchestrated this this secret uh, collaboration, anti-competitive collaboration. And what they said is, although we are ostensibly all rivals and competitors with each other, the existential threat to all of our business models comes from thousands of independent news sites who are now not only providing all this content that people are reading, but they're also diminishing trust in our organizations. So what we're looking at is, uh, again, overt government collusion, persuasion, if you want to call it that, to suppress uh, certain narratives that uh, we're not you know, following the WHO, uh, a communist globalist, if I can call it health organization. It's really a big pharma promo promotion tool around the world, much less our own CDC and FDA, all of these things that set out an agenda to lock us down, to shut us up to suppress any options for treatment of COVID because if there were any accepted and legitimate, uh, legitimized options, there would be no COVID 
experimental mRNA injection by EUA, emergency use authorization. Uh, these crimes are as big as anything in history where thousands to hundreds of thousands to potentially millions of people have died needlessly, not from the initial pandemic, but from the response to it. And so now as the as this information comes out through various Freedom of Information Act requests, and now uh, I think DeSantis in Florida set up a, and paneled a grand jury to investigate any fraud as well. It's not just about the media, but it's also about Big Pharma itself and what it's done to own and control our government regulators and agencies. This is a long time coming that this would be revealed. And so now, friends, if you've relied upon outreach for your livelihood and then suddenly there's a monopoly on the flow of information and it decides it doesn't like your information and curtails it, bans it outright or shadow bans or, or just limits it. I think you have an actionable cause or cause of action and standing. And that's what I'm seeing here is happening. So let's go to, uh, Oh, we don't even need the next clip. All right, let's let, let's go to our guest. Let's uh, hope and pray that his audio works really well. We didn't get a chance to test with him. Dr. Paul Alexander, PhD, is on the Robert Scott Bell Show now. Dr. Alexander, honored to have you on board. Hi. Could you hear me? Yes, you're sounding good. <clears throat> it's an honor and a privilege to be here. And you mentioned Heck and Lively. Good guy. And um, thanks very much for bringing me on. And I saw you from a distance when you were up on the stage this weekend in Orlando. I'm so sorry I didn't get a chance to say hello, shake your hand. But hopefully there'll be another event, another opportunity. Did you heard me speak? Yeah, uh, yes, briefly, and uh, it was it was absolutely wonderful what you're delivering. I enjoy it, and of course, everybody loves the lilt of your uh, island accent, and it, it makes it even more enjoyable. Thank you. So you somehow were involved in the early part of the Trump administration and giving uh, uh, certain perspectives and advice that countered mm -hmm. the narrative, and as we mentioned the ridiculousness of the Wikipedia page on you and what it says about you is just so dripping with bias and not factual reality that it's just stunning. Well, so what? I have a couple of minutes to tee that up. Yes. Well, I mean, look, the reality about it is <clears throat> I was working at WHO Geneva and Pan American Health in Washington <clears throat> for, for, um, developing some training programs for low- and middle-income countries globally. And WHO had asked me to transition to be their pandemic advisor as COVID was emerging globally uh, because, because of my background skills and whatever. So I was actually advising WHO and Pan American Health PAHO in Washington about what we were seeing in China and Italy, et cetera. Then the Trump administration reached out to me and um, to join as an interface between Health and Human Services and the White House in terms of um, trying to understand what the task force was really saying to the president and what they were going out there and saying so that I could brief all of the people in Health and Human Services to bring it less from a scientific point of view to help them understand for proper communications and crafting of policy. The problem is that when I got there, immediately, I was told by the bureaucracy, well, I was told by my directors and bosses, all the way up to the White House, that um, the bureaucracy had decided that it was not going to complete my hire because they were um, 
outraged that I was tapped to come to Washington. And um, the, why would they have a scientist, somebody like myself there, and um, that they were not, they were going to do everything they could <clears throat> to thwart my hire because I came, I came there first as a political appointee. Then, then I was told I was going to be hired as an official government employee and that they were going to, to screw it up as much as they could so that they would, the, the, the word was frustrate me so I would leave. And they did a series of things such as not, not completing my paperwork and then refusing to pay me. What a lot of people in America didn't understand is that for a long time I worked in Washington without being paid. And um, people asked me, how ridiculous and foolish are you to, to remain? Just leave. <clears throat> but that was their decision to, to get me to leave. But I, I had already sent furniture to Washington from where I came from. I'd rented a condo just opposite the Capitol building. I couldn't get my money back. Plus, I had the skill set to deal with COVID because that's why I was asked to be there in the first place. And I was advising global countries already, and I understood things. I was working with people like McCall and all of these people already. So I said, you know, I'll go day by day and see if these people are really that evil. And yes, they were, the deep state. There is a deep state that runs Washington and in a certain extent runs America. And uh, <clears throat> they know it. And they make sure that you know that the president has no power and that um, you are subject to their will, not the administration's will. And they finally did it by leaking a lot of our communication. So that WikiLeaks crap that you're talking about, mm -hmm. I knew about that after it was written. Like I had people call me from all over the world and say, Paul, I just saw somebody put out a WikiLeaks on you. And then I, first of all, I am I, being brutally honest with you. I am too busy. I have no time to read it. I mm. know I asked very close friends. I said, take a look. What does it say? Is it, is it good? Well, they wrote about this, they wrote about that, so it's not really complimentary stuff. I said, well, I'm not going to read it because, because if I read it, it will affect me in the sense that I would write, because I write every day and I, and I speak, uh, and I would use swear words from the islands. And I would, <laughs> yes. like, I would want to shove my hand through this computer yeah. and shove it down their throat and, and do them things. So yes. I don't want to read it. I'm no, a very I simple person. Yes, I, I totally understand and respect that. And by the way, yes, you do write a lot. We have uh, linked up in the show notes your Substack, P. Alexander, the letter P. Alexander for paulalexander.substack.com. And you can see a lot of the articles he's writing about, some, some uh, you know, scientific bases for different uh, perspectives. And, uh, you know, he's a PhD and he, he, look, he's got street cred. Paul Alexander has street cred and education cred to, to look at the narrative and say, this is right, this is wrong. And yet there was no discussion. It was only, hey, get out of here. Listen, We're going to a way to stop you. Let me be blunt. Yeah. Because I don't. Yeah. And the thing about it is that they used every trick and everything they could, including not paying me. And in the end, I'll, you know, look, I'll tell the public in the end, you know, because I had the privilege, my, some of my bosses had me part of the Operation Warp Speed meetings, the vaccine development. 
people need to understand that Operation Warp Speed was run out of Health and Human Services building. The seventh floor of the Health and Human Services building is 200 Independence Avenue, which is opposite the Capitol building, which is where I work. The seventh floor was a complete military operation. Operation Warp Speed, the bringing of the drugs and the vaccine was a 100% military operation. I was there. There were only soldiers and Navy there. I'm talking about military scientists and naval scientists. Very good people. I'm, I'm tell, but I'm just telling you something. When I went on to the seventh floor, because my office was on the sixth floor, I only dealt with soldiers. So you need to understand COVID response. And we don't have time to get in here, but I'm giving you little tidbits. Mm -hmm. It's not a health and human services response. It was a military response. CDC, NIH, FDA, all of them report to health and human services, which was reported to the military. I think about the terrain in, in terms of disease and infection. There's a, you know, schools of thought, Dr. Alexander, and I'm a homeopath and I, I was raised pharmaceutically and medically. So I had to switch gears at a, at a young time in my life in order to be alive and healthy again. And we look at infectious disease often in an allopathic perspective in warfare terminology. We declare war on something, we kill it, we shoot it, we poison it, we burn it. And I look at now my shift in the way I view things primarily is that I recognize there is a time to suppress certain things that have overwhelmed you, but by and large that health is beget by a healthy terrain that what, what can we do to restore the terrain by removing uh, the impediments for normal metabolic functions by um, giving the body the minerals, for instance, that it needs, it seems almost too simple, but it never ends up relying on a drug intervention when we restore function and health to the immune system. And your point is, probably that there is an immune system and it's a natural immune system. And we should in fact allow that to happen early in COVID, which you are proven now to be right because the so-called natural immunity was the only way to get there. The artificial induction by MRNA yeah. injections is, is a disaster. Exactly. And this is why this is the, this is the challenge China is facing today. They locked their society down too long and too hard. And when you lock something down too long and too hard, you deny, mainly, you destroy your economy and the social fabric of your society. That's number one. People do bad things to each other. They commit suicide. They can't take it. But mainly, what you're doing is you're preventing your population, the healthy and well in your population, which is the way it should have been done, including in America, from becoming naturally and harmlessly exposed to pathogen. The immune system must be taxed and tuned up daily, especially in children, infants, young people. So what we did was, was nonsensical, absurd, and devastating. We locked the healthy society down, and we still failed to protect the vulnerable. We should have protected the vulnerable whilst we allowed everyone else in society from day one to be free, to be exposed to pathogen, this pathogen, naturally and harmlessly, we would have developed natural immunity mm -hmm. and that would have taken us close to herd immunity and we'd have gotten there. That's what China is facing today. They've locked down 
periodically but extensively for too long, too hard, their population has no reasonable, appreciable background mm -hmm. herd immunity. So right now, their population is 1.4 billion susceptible people. They are like how we were February 2020. They're seeing COVID really for the first time. So they're all susceptible. And our concern from a scientific point of view and an immunology, a virology point of view is that if they need jerk and panic, because I heard some idiots on CNN, some, some so-called medical scientists, doctors claiming, well, China's Chinese government should run quickly and buy all of the mRNA vaccine they could get from Pfizer and Moderna and vaccinate, mass vaccinate. We are saying absolutely under no condition because you have so much virus circulating, tremendous infectious pressure. If you were to vaccinate that population, you are going to drive the emergence of very infectious variants that could become a big problem for the United States. You could even drive the emergence of a very virulent variant that could devastate humanity. So we need China to calm down and we need China to do the basics. Strongly protect your vulnerable people, your elderly. Use vitamin D3. Use the early treatment that works and worked. Okay? And use nasal oral rinses that we've found that is very effective. Clean out the nasal passage, the oral. But let everyone else live free. Let them, allow them to naturally... I don't mean walk up to a dish and sniff it with virus. I mean as part of normal living. Normal interaction with the, yeah, yes. the, the microbiome that floats in the air. It's a normal part of our immune challenges and immune learning, if you will. Uh, yes. Dr. Paul Alexander, at what point do you say they're not that stupid, but they actually intend to harm us? I mean, at a certain point, you know, they're either absolute idiots and morons running mm -hmm. health or there's an intention to have people harmed because, or the economy, as we've talked about global uh, uh, communism uh, coming into the guise of public health. Well, look, you've asked an important question. And again, I'm not, you know, you have to take the temperature of the room and who exactly is the audience. But, but look, I'm a very blunt person and I'm telling you how we Right now, we are looking, first of all, at the timeline. A group of us in some very high level debate daily about when this actually took place. So this February 2020, when it emerged, is not where we are. We went back to September 2019, May 2019. Now we're back to March, where we have cases of coronavirus. We are arguing, we're beginning to argue, we may go back now to, to 2018. In other words, when we saw this in 2020, in February, in America, was not the first time that our immune system saw this. We already had experience. And we were largely immune. We should have never, ever, ever locked the society down or closed schools. So therefore, it begs a lot of questions. The key one you just had. Mm -hmm. Is this ineptness? Right. Or is this pure, is this malevolence? Is Correct. this a combination of the two? Because as you just said, they can't be that stupid. Because we've been telling them, myself, Dr. Harvey Reich, Dr. Peter McCullough, ex-Dr. Joel Adapo, We've written, we've argued on the, on the stump, we've interviewed, we've been everywhere, and we have laid it out. Exactly what has happened here. We wrote a paper two and a half years ago on lockdowns that said, you're going to devastate the society, you're going to cause people to commit suicide. Listen, I was in the administration, 
we had reports coming from states that the media decided, I was in D.C., to not cover it because Trump would have looked good because at that point, he was fighting with CDC and the teachers' unions openly to open schools. So the decision was to cover up the actual science that was coming up. We had data coming from the states with parents finding their eight, nine, ten-year-old children dead. They committed suicide in their own homes, in their bedrooms. When, when we are finished with this, as time goes by, the truth will emerge. What really happened? We lost many children from suicide. They hung themselves. We lost many business owners who committed suicide. The actual data, what really happened in America in those lockdowns and in those school closures will become known. It was devastating. And that is why when people like me say, you bring those people into proper, proper legal inquiry. It's not a kangaroo court country, but you bring them into proper inquiry from Fauci, Burks, Walensky, Azar, Francis Collins, Bula, Bansel, Dazek, Barak, every single one of them. Mm-hmm. And I want them investigated and deposed properly. And if they did well, we praise them, we celebrate them, and we give them their pensions. But if we show that their decisions costed lives, I want to clean them out financially, and I want to imprison every single one of them. I will put them in a jail with hard labor. Absolutely. Dr. Paul Alexander is our guest this hour. Uh, new book, Presidential Takedown, How Anthony Fauci, the CDC, NIH, and the WHO com- conspired to overthrow President Trump. An explosive behind-the-scenes look at Donald Trump's final months in office and how the COVID crisis response was a carefully crafted plan to ruin him. You know, and this is the controversy in our audience, Dr. Alexander, because there are many people that if they weren't uh, outright supporters of Trump, and we have many in this audience, they were at least appreciative of a, a number of things, many things he did compared to previous administrations. And they said, what happened to this guy that also knew that previous vaccines were problematic and could cause problems in children like autism before the mRNA shot. So he had a genuine suspicion from personal experience and suddenly went all in on warp speed. Was there something behind the scenes pressuring him more than we know? Why would he suddenly? Look, look, let me say it this way. In January of 2020, January of 2020, President Trump was unstoppable. In other words, President Trump was on path to win re-election with no challenge from the Republican side or the Democrat side. 380 electoral votes with about 42 states. Unstoppable. I actually, because I, 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 I saw a lot of things that the media never even reported as to what he was doing behind the scenes. A lot of regulatory steps, a lot of things that were taking place, reversals that he did, that, that would have made him actually, if everything continued, Truth or form, Trump may have gone down as the greatest president the United States has had, save Abraham Lincoln. And, 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 and he did that good. And you have to understand something. In his four years, this is how well he did. His first two years were destroyed by Paul Ryan. Paul Ryan prevented any legislative accomplishments for Trump. Trump, Trump governed by executive order, and relaxing regulations and pushing the economy and stuff. First two years were gone. The fourth year was pandemic. So that was a write-off. 
You need to judge Trump on his third year, one year of his presidency. Trump did in one year, his third year, what Obama didn't do in eight. Trump did more for Black Americans, as an example. What Obama didn't, Obama did nothing. Trump did more for Black Americans than all the last 10 presidents combined. So the guy did good, but something happened from around March to that election. And I'm trying to tell you, I'm trying to say in the book, look, there are many things I just cannot talk about from being there. I'm executive privilege, confidence, um, disclosure agreements, whatever. You just can't. Some things I'd say, but I'm trying to tell you that the lockdowns and the school closures implemented by Fauci and Burks, and you see, that was his greatest devastating failure. He failed to fire Fauci and Burks. And they let those lockdowns and school closures, they hurt him. They hurt him from the inside. They were hollowing him out. They, their job was mm-hmm. almost like Harry Carey. They were to fall on their own sword. So they were to conduct a pandemic response that was a disaster. And it was a disaster. History will show that the pandemic response, well, under Biden, is a disaster. But under Trump, was a disaster. I support President Trump. I will vote for President Trump today if he was the nominee. I will rally behind him. I would. I support Ron DeSantis too. But I do like President Trump. What was done to him was monstrous. Who could live 24-7 for the last eight years, seven years, barraged by the media, hounded, impeached twice? Who could do that? Who's ever seen that? No one. Look right now. Right now you're finding out that they found classified information in Biden's house. Did we have any FBI raids like they raided Trump? Did they go through President Biden's wife, First Lady Biden, drawers and her underwear, like they went through First Lady Melania's underwear. These sick people, no, they never did that. So there's a clear double standard and a bias against Trump. And it will always be so. They were, they conspired to topple his presidency. And he just, he never understood the malfeasance and the devils he had around him. The, old, the people who he appointed and were appointed for him, destroyed him. Yeah. You think that, uh, he, he'd be a better judge of character and, and he trusted yes. some of the wrong people. And, and I would say that a big part of his downfall was trusting people like Fauci Burks and, and Walensky and not getting rid of them cleaning house. I think he yep. would have eventually, but boy, they curtailed that before he could get there. And then, uh, they made sure the, the public, uh, railed against him, even though he still had great support. I still have questions about the election itself, which were occasionally yes not allowed to say anything about, of course. So but we have uh, questions. Yeah. I'm so not we, saying, I, I, I know that they, 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 they monkeyed around and interfered. I know. I know. Well, and, and the January 6th event, uh, you know, very much perpetrated, like a, almost like a false flag, eliciting something to happen and creating it and, and, and exploding it into something it wasn't uh, to, to basically distract everything again. And there was obviously something that he was doing that had to be shut down and stopped that they brought down the world economy, much less the U.S. economy, and shutting down and locking down and the damage and danger and death to children that never needed to happen. Never. Look, I'll say it this way. Tamiflu, Tamiflu was um, a drug in search of a disease. Yes. It was made, it was junk, it was going to be thrown out into the lake, and they found the disease, H1N1. In 2009. So that became now the standard of care for pandemic influenza, Tamiflu. It's junk. It doesn't work. 
but they gave it one. Remdesivir was a drug, a failed Ebola drug in search of a disease. Now they gave it hospitalized COVID when you're in hospital. So they gave it its disease. I'm trying to tell you, this pandemic, this pandemic was in, it, it, it was a vaccine that was in search of a pandemic. A pandemic, exactly. You're, you're, the mRNA it, technology would not be here today. It would be still bubbling behind the surface, looking for some way to make the leap it did. And it was only this disastrous and devastating, fear-mongering campaign that led it. But beyond just that, you know, the allowance and the the huddling, purposeful huddling of old people who were sick and comorbid and, and on many medications that first were wiped out, that made headlines, that made everybody afraid despite little to no evidence that there was any genuine threat to the general public. And then what the next that? stage, of course, was to suppress any knowledge of the doctors holistic or otherwise, integrated or otherwise, that were successful in treating the symptoms that were manifesting under COVID or post-COVID. And then that per per precipitated the emergency use authorization of a shot that would never been granted EUA status because there were so many treatments that were tre succeeding at 100% rates. Yes. You you actually said everything perfect. I don't know if there's anything I could add, but, but, but it's, it's bang on. And I'll say, you see, because... You know, we have to take people to places they don't really want to go emotionally and psychologically because they don't want to think. Human beings don't want to get to that place. It's like almost like a hanging place where you're driving and it, it falls upon you and you want to drive the car off the cliff. You can say, no, I can't believe this. I cannot believe they really did me this and our world this shit. And they did. They did. It's all. Yeah. Look, when we look at the science today from a 50,000 foot, we are beginning to have these conversations where we're beginning to say this pathogen, whatever it was, whatever this was, this respiratory type illness, this influenza type pathogen was circulating for several years, way before February 2020. It was circulating at a very low level, modest, very low symptomatology, very mild, no problem. So something they were doing, it got loose. The intentional or accidental portion of that statement, we could discuss another time, but it got loose and it was around. It is almost now as though they decided in February, March of 2020 to detect it. It's not that it just came. And they used the fraud over cycle PCR test Mm -hmm. to detect it with 95% false positive. That's the key. Yeah. That's the key. Test with like no standard. Trump. Dr. Alexander, I am embarrassed for doctors and PhDs that didn't see what we saw here on the show. The moment they mentioned PCR, I knew it was a fraud because we had followed the work of Kerry Mullis all, all the yes. way back to the fraud of HIV tests. So we knew that this was endemic to much of the allopathic medical and public health world, that they bought a lie and they just went with it. And the critical thinking skills you think that are required of those that reach high levels of medical and PhD degrees uh, would be intact. But in fact, we've seen that these are higher institutions of indoctrination more than they are of learning and education, even though you might learn some things. And I know you did. And you're applying your critical thinking skills through it all and not falling prey to the propaganda, the the uh, uh, hip, hypnotist, you know, in that field telling you that if you go another way, you're going to find out how out of work you'll be probably forever 
And that's the key. You hit the nail on the head because, you know, like it's at the end of the day, when everything that they try to destroy you or stop you fails, then they take your money and they move on the money. And once they do that to a person, that person gets very scared and they succumb and they, and they acquiesce. Mm-hmm. But you see, the problem with me is this. So I'll just tell you as bluntly as I can. They took their best shot at me when I was in Trump administration with between the media in the United States, the fraud, putrid, I call them putrid legacy media in America. (laughs) And what they did, what they do to people in Washington, is like a sport. It's like a game for them. And they took their best shot. They lied. I, they said that I wanted American children dead. Trump advisor. But if you read my communications, they never printed the entire communications. The entire communication was clear. I was speaking about natural immunity. I was speaking about children's capacity and their innate immunity and the fact that you need children on the immunological battlefield. Mm-hmm. You do not lock children away. In fact, if it was not for children, we will not even get to herd immunity. You need children exposed. You need them infected and you need them recovered. And they will be. Look, look, your, your viewers need to... There are a few statistical numbers that people need to understand. The, the median age of death for COVID still in January 2023 is about 83 years old with three underlying medical conditions. It was 83 years old in February 2020 with three underlying medical conditions. Mm. That's number one. That tells us COVID took elderly people who were very sick, number one. Number two, the average life expectancy is about 79. That means that COVID kills beyond life expectancy. If you would have shown me after a couple of months of this thing running through that the, the life expectancy dropped to 50, then I say, well, look, this, this disease killing, cutting people's lives in short okay, by half. The age spectrum, it's not happening that way. It never no, happened that way. Never did. Um, not only that, I only this published John Ivey Stanford. His mm-hmm. best data shows children from zero to 10 years old, the risk of death is zero. Yeah. From zero to 19, the risk of death is 0.0003. The risk of survival is almost 100%. But how how efficient and effective is that putrid legacy media to take that factual, scientific, validated reality and convert it to a statement that, oh, Dr. Paul Alexander wants children to die? I mean, this is the kind of stuff they've gotten away with, and partly because of the ignorance of the general public. And despite claims that they don't believe mainstream media, they did enough to allow these kinds of things to happen and lockdowns and shutdowns to happen. Now, I'm not saying there hasn't been resistance. I've been part of it, and many of our friends have been. At the same time, the question is, are we vulnerable for another one? Because yeah, there's yeah. evidence that they're planning for more. And then the question is, are we still so afraid of germs and invisible viral boogeymen that we will fall prey to their proclamations that we must shut down, lock down, mask up, and uh, take more mRNA shots. I don't know the answer to that. There's a lot of people that are still cheerleading censorship and cheerleading masks and these jabs, but there are a lot more. I think people have realized that, my gosh, I regret taking it than there are if there's anybody that regrets not taking one of those jabs. Well, the thing about it is that when you look at, when you look at, I'm saying it this way, that if you want, 
if you want this pandemic or this situation to continue for 100 more years, you continue using these gene injections exactly how you're using it. These. And you keep rolling it out exact. Because once you keep vaccinating people with these vaccines, these injections that have failed, Mm-hmm. They do not sterilize the virus. They're failed. They're ineffective and they're deadly. But more so, it's not even that they're ineffective. They are putting pressure on the pathogen such that they are forcing the pathogen to select for more infectious variants. This will go on and on, variant after variant after variant. And we could drive the emergency selection of a very lethal, violent variant that could threaten mm-hmm. humanity. It's a very, virologists go to bed with that nightmare every night. What are they doing? And this is mRNA shot induced at this point. This is the destruction of adaptive immunity because you can't adapt to the fast rapidity with which they are altering artificially anything that we would normally encounter and be okay with. This is, it's murderous. Honestly, It's, it's, it's as bad as anything we've read about in history where they slaughter innocents. Now, instead of doing it with a bullet, they're doing it with injections. And this is interesting too, Dr. Alexander. Again, so when I became a homeopath, uh, you know, I looked at the, the entirety of, the, you know, the immunological history of, of, of medicine in America even that was erased and rewritten. And I didn't know of homeopathy until I was 24 years of age. And I realized there were two, two or many schools of thought. And not everybody bought into the lies and mythology that it was vaccines that helped us through the 20th century to eradicate disease. In the meantime, all of these people that maybe didn't die of what they claimed they were dying of prior were now chronically ill, children chronically ill, driven into other forms of ailments and illnesses. Dr. Paul Thomas, I don't know if you've met him on the lecture circuit yet, and others, Dr. Brian Hooker, have published on this, that these vaccinated populations of children and young adults now are much less healthier than those who are fully vaccinated or even partially vaccinated. And that's what I've witnessed as I travel around the world. My kids have never had a vaccine. My kids have never even once had an antibiotic and they've had infections. I've navigated all of this without resorting to pharmaceutical interventions. And that's the scariest thing for that world domination paradigm of drug everything that moves and that everything is just evidence of a drug deficiency. But you're right. You're absolutely like, again, it's, as well, it's hard for me to actually comment because you're saying things the way I really actually want to say it and I applaud you sir and um it's very important how you inform your 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 viewers and the reality that that was a myth that these vaccines increased longevity and provided uh uh improved like life because we know when we when we look at this properly that is simple techniques like hand washing proper hygiene, et cetera, over time, increase in proper nutrition, improve nutrition, um, improve ways of managing crops and growing crops, et cetera. It's not the vaccines that has confirmed this. And in fact, look, before this started, I, my parents grew me up, vaccinated me all the wazoo, all the kids, everything. And, but I, I had, when I came out of epi school, I had a lot of questions about the vaccines. And because I read a lot about the flu shots, et cetera, and they are basically junk. The seasonal, yearly influenza vaccine is junk. It doesn't work. It's ineffective. It's yeah. just our best guess, but it, it, it just does not work. The Cochrane so, collaboration revealed that many years ago. We pointed that out. It was like it's so absurd, embarrassing. And again, I'm embarrassed for the medical community. 
that yes. can't see through what you see through, what I've seen through. But yet, Dr. Alexander, they don't invite homeopaths and naturopaths and herbalists. And, you know, they don't invite us to the table. So there's no discussion that happens at all. It's just a monolithic view dominated from the few above that have economic and political conflicts of interest that are resulting in, again, millions and millions of needless deaths over and over and over. And I'm thinking, is it going to take that many dying before we can finally figure out a way to cooperate and share information beyond just one viewpoint? Yeah, well, I mean, you, you that's the thing. The thing is, you see, the conversation has to go into places where we, we have to say, well, maybe people really have to take matters into their hands. I argue we do that by the ballot box. We do that in the courtroom, etc. But it's almost as though you have a situation where it's, it's plain for you to see that the situation is an emergency powers declaration constantly, and they're enlarging it constantly and extending it. To do that, to do that, they need the infections continuously happening so they could announce. Or their new variants, their new thing. But what they're not telling you is that it is the vaccine. Like Bill Clinton had a state a saying when he ran against George Bush, it's the economy, stupid. And I have called a statement that people band around now and we publish. It's the vaccine, stupid. It's not the virus. You leave mm -hmm. this virus alone, it will settle into an endemic stage, phase. It's already very mild, etc. It's the vaccine. So it's almost as though they're using this vaccine to drive the variants so mm -hmm. that they can turn around and tell you where well, we need to keep emergency powers in place because it's right. not stopping. Well, so and they're the rule actually of this to us. Yeah, the rule of necessity under emergency knows no law, knows no limitation. There's no constitutional constraint anymore. It's an emergency. We have to do it. We don't want to. We have to abandon freedom to save freedom, right? It's just an absurdity to, to, on its face. But remember, if we look back at the Ebola issue and you talked about remdesivir failed for that and then it came out and found, you know, this, which has destroyed kidneys and lung yes. health and, you know, led to so many deaths. Uh, we look at the peer-reviewed literature I was reading in the 1990s on Ebola and I saw evidence of selenium replenishment completely reversing in Ebola in communities that had it because there was no selenium in the soil, nothing in their food, nothing in the people. And time and time again, you can't make a vaccine from selenium. It's a supplement. It's a mineral. And then you got the profit motive. You got the control motive. You're no longer afraid. Why should you be afraid of, of, of Ebola if a mineral can repl re replace it? In other words, uh, diminish it or eliminate it. Silver in its bioactive form, the ion, completely disruptive to viral replication, not harmful to healthy mammalian tissue. There, it, there are tools and tools and tools and tools, and they're not involving pharmaceutical patented petrochemical or mRNA technologies. So it becomes, as your point, an economic perspective, but of course it affects the body politic because the economics control the politics as they've dominated and controlled and owned and uh, captured our regulatory agencies and our governments around the world. Yes, and um, I think our biggest, biggest concern, you know, like if somebody said to me, Paul, what would you say are the key issues here? Well, I would say, I would say from the beginning, key issue was, the given by ESR of the liability protection to the vaccine makers and to the CDC and all of the agencies. That actually doomed the situation because that gave them protection when that should have never, ever happened. But there were, there were key issues that hobbled the pandemic response and destroyed us, which was one, the lie about asymptomatic transmission. Two, 
the liable on the PCR test, it was 95% false positives it was detecting. Three, mm -hmm. the lie about early treatment not being available. That was a lie. We had effective treatment on deck. Four, the lie that natural immunity was inferior to vaccine immunity. Five, the lie that, that we were... This lie is what really hobbled us from day one because it was when Fauci and Books came on and they told the nation that you need to take 10-year-old Johnny and hide him below the bed because Johnny at 10, prime life, is at the same risk of severe outcome and death if exposed to COVID as granny at 85. That's stuck in the head of parents and moms. And that still is stuck in the head of people, believe it or not. But they can't understand there's a 1,000-fold, there is a 1,000-fold difference in risk of death between granny at 85 and Johnny mm -hmm. at 10. It's, that a, it's, a, us. it's a tragic, genocidal, criminal statement that they made that is now yes. leading to died suddenly yes. at younger and younger ages. Yes. And that, that you just said a word there. That's a very key word because we are finding many people are dying suddenly as they wake in their sleep. And as you know, dying on the football field, the soccer field, etc. And um, we are tracing it constantly back and we are making the argument that it is due to myocardial scarring due to the vaccine. And uh, these people refuse to do autopsies, et cetera, to confirm. And look, I just published a substack. It's in queue right now. It's about an um, Air Force Academy linebacker. Um, his name is Hunter. I forgot his surname. The substack may come out tonight. And um, it will be published tonight. And um, he, he, on his way to class yesterday, I believe, he dropped dead. He died. It's not in the news. They're covering it up. It's as though it didn't happen. And you are supposed to shh. You have to keep quiet. Don't talk about the elephant in the room. Don't. Where have we ever heard of a 21-year-old 21 healthy Air Force Academy football player walking to class, just dropping dead suddenly? So something is very wrong. And I believe people understand it. And I'm going to say it this way. When children, young children die from this vaccine and the first mother or two realize it and they decide to pick up their pitchforks, it is then that America will wake up. I believe it is the mothers. It is mm -hmm. the women of America, the mothers Warrior moms. who's they, going to stand up. They've driven uh, this for decades now since, uh, well, the autism epidemic that started in the 90s after they... Uh, got rid of any liability for the vaccines if they should injure or kill. DeSantis has impaneled a grand jury to investigate fraud and other things. If they actually are able to do that, that will pierce the veil of so-called invincibility or liability protection as well. And, you know, to your point, I think it's very critically important that these people be held to account so that, that other people who would do such dastardly deeds will think, oh my gosh, you know, I might lose my house, my car, my freedom if they catch me right now they feel like they can get away with anything and that's where great the greatest evil reigns when the king queen or emperor or government however unconstitutional it is absolves any company from wrongdoing intentional even unintentional because if there was an injury you should be able to gain some level of accountability to make whole those people that can never be made whole again yes and the thing about it is that um 
is that um, when we look at the science overall, I mean, uh, it's, it's such a sweeping statement I'm making here, but I'm being, I'm saying it as it is. Myself, McCullough, Rich, all of us, we've been constantly looking at the science. From day one, three years now, we can find no science, none across the world, in America, anywhere, that shows that any of the lockdowns work to curb mm -hmm. transmission of death, any school closure worked, no business closure worked to curb transmission of death, no mass mandate. They all, every single one failed. Nothing worked. Nothing they did worked, except they caused a lot of harm, a lot of suffering, not just to the economy, but to people. People committed suicide. A lot of people don't know that children in America get their meals in school. They get their ears tested and their eyes tested for the first time in a school setting, particularly minority kids. When we closed schools in America, there were months that millions of American children went with no food. They starved. They didn't even have food at home. Those parents, their children ate that lunch at school. The laptop class, the Zoom class, the elite class who could walk their dogs more, catch up on the reading, take a vacation, work in the basement remotely. They benefited. When we look at the data properly and we drill down into the data, what we see is across COVID in America, we shifted the burden of infection and death from the affluent in society to the poor, particularly children and women, poorer women who do front-facing jobs where they work in the assembly line, the pharmaceutical mm -hmm. companies, etc. It was a devastating what we did. Devastating. And we must hold, you know why we have to hold them to account? Because when I was there in the Trump administration, when I sat in my office in Health and Human Services, I wrote, I could say it here openly, because it is a fact. I wrote to Stephen Hahn, the commissioner of FDA director. We were friends. I worked with him. I saw him every day. He had a sub-office in my building because we wouldn't let him go back to Virginia. I wrote to Redfield daily because we didn't want him to go back to Atlanta. So he had to stay in health and human services because we were in a raging pandemic. I saw them daily and I wrote to them. I wrote, gave them the science. They knew every single thing. They refused to follow the science. I want everybody properly questioned. Yes. I want them to prove that what they did was the best that they could do. And they did no wrong. And if you can't prove that and we show that you costed lives, I want us to take every cent and I want us to put your ass in jail. They, they are going to run and hide if this happens. And I intend to also help in any way to hold them to account. And Dr. Paul Alexander, I so appreciate you and your new book. And I appreciate you working with uh, my friend Ken Heck and Lively to do it. The book is called Presidential Takedown, How Anthony Fauci, the CDC, NIH, and the WHO Conspired to Overthrow President Trump. And That's Amazon. And it's on Amazon. We have the link directly there. Also, your Substack, if you guys want yes. to follow it, palexander.substack.com. Continue to follow Paul Alexander. And Paul, anytime you got some breaking news you want to break, man, we're on board with you here. You're welcome here anytime. Thank you very much, sir. God bless you, my friend. Dr. Paul Alexander on the Robert Scott Bell Show, right from the beginnings of the Trump administration during the pandemic and what he tried to curtail and what happened and why. Uh, we've got to cover that and a whole lot more. We've got Nurses Out Loud in Hour 2 coming up as well. And I appreciate so much everybody being here. Please share the show. 
Uh, Big Pharma doesn't like this message. <laughs> Apparently, some of you are having difficulty watching it in certain realms and we're temporarily, hopefully only temporarily banned on LinkedIn again. Some people are having difficulty watching us on Facebook, although we see it also, it's on there. Uh, but my goodness, come on over to robertscatbell.com slash listen, sign up for the newsletter, text my initials RSB to 22828. That's RSB, send it to 22828 and you'll be part of that newsletter. And we'll see what's going on in the next hour as well as we speak with one of those nurses who is out loud. And she's amazing. Jody O'Malley's coming up on the Robert Scott Bell Show after the break and a whole lot more announcements where we're going to be, where you want to be as well, because the power to heal is yours. It was a great time uh, this past weekend at the uh, Wellness Parenting Revolution and so much else that was put on thanks to Terry and Stu Warner, thanks to my friend Susie Olson, uh, Corgan, and uh, so many of the nurses that we met, also Children's Health Defense uh, supporters, Stephanie Lucrecio. I can't name everybody that we interact with, including many of our dearest friends here, supporters uh, of the Robert Scabell Show, patron supporters. You can see some pictures here. Look at this. Oh, this is really cool. I see at the bottom left, Kimberly Overton with me and Kevin. Uh, let's see. There's, I met Robert Malone for the first time. We don't have him booked on the show yet, but hopefully we're one step closer to getting some questions answered from him. There's a nice picture I see on the right-hand side. Also Stephanie Lucrecio and there's Susie and our, our new friend as we super Don did everything air. Okay. Yesterday on my travel day, because we in, in, it did. in yep. the energy bits and all that, uh, yep. the chlorella and the spirulina that we now have. We had, uh, let's see, what was it? It was Ashley Grog, Catherine mm -hmm. Arnston, and Shalem, um, gosh, what was Shalem. his last name? Shalem. Yeah, Shalem. Which, that was amazing. His poetry was great, by the <laughs> way. I just enjoyed that. So he was, he was really witty in his poetry. Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, Ashley Grog, we had on for the second time. She was really moved, moved and, and she's moving in terms of uh, what she's encountered and uncovered since we first met at the National Health Freedom uh, Coalition's uh, uh, big event in Minneapolis. And speaking of Minneapolis, my son flew back the same day a little earlier than me. He wanted to get home earlier. So they they couldn't put him on the same flight. I'd be home at midnight like I was. And he was going to be home at 8. Yet he got to Minneapolis and a computer glitched apparently and said, nope, you can't get on the flight. You're on the next morning. So he was stuck homeless in Minneapolis overnight. That sounds like a movie. Son, yeah. My, yeah, my right. son is not a well-seasoned traveler. You know, like I am, I, you know, I, he, he's not done that. So it was a really daunting thing for him. And I'm on the airplane already at that point heading, you know, through Atlanta and I'm up at 32,000 feet and I'm getting dad, I need you right now. I'm like, what the heck? So mm -hmm. I can still text fortunately through when you're on the plane going back and forth and they're saying they won't let me on the next flight. They said it's gone. And it turns out it wasn't gone, but a computer glitched. And in fact, his luggage, we found out when it got on the plane, but he didn't wow. and, and they did nothing to help him. And I Those are adventures, though. You know, I mean, they're they're crazy as they're happening, especially when yeah. you're a younger age. Uh, but those are things that you'll look back on and laugh about. Yeah, I call point. I called friends. I do have friends in the area, and we were able to get one of my dearest friends, Shelly, who uh, I have been. Gosh, she's like a sister to me. And thank God she was able to drop <laughs> everything, and she went to the airport, picked up my son, and he had a he, he wasn't homeless for that long. So God bless her, and I, I just. 
you know, it's amazing. And it's a good thing to have good friends. You never know when you, you need them. Right. Remember that and, movie? I think Tom Hanks was in it where he was some foreign guy and he ended up in, a, in an airport and he ended up living there. Oh, the terminal, the terminal. That's right. Yeah, he couldn't go. <laughs> he couldn't go to America. He couldn't go back to his country because it no that's longer right. existed. Yeah. I do right. remember. But it was a weird situation like that. So I got to, Oh man, that added a bit of, bit of what can you do scenario in that regard. But I, I'm like I said, I'm glad to be home, but I'm pushing myself through the broadcast. Somehow I rally, you know, I feel not awesome. And, you know, this was the week of my favorite challenge of the week at the gym. And I'm not sure if I'm going to be recovered in time to do it. I hope so. But it's the mm. one where every round is the max out round. Yeah. You know, I did well last week. In you the mean you Florida. not win the challenge for once? Wow. If I don't enter it, I can't win it. Well, that's true. That's so true. Maybe if I can get some rest, I can get in there and do it. But it's, it's a lot of fun to hit those levels of fitness. I like feeling good. I, I don't like feeling this way, but I did it to myself. I overscheduled myself. I acknowledge it. I'm not blaming anybody but me. Yeah. And it was probably worth it, wasn't it? In the big scheme of things, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of great things that happened. At the same time, I'm like, no, I could have scheduled a day of rest in there, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't. So uh, upcoming events. I mean, we just had this event. You all know because if you follow us uh, in the newsletter or if you get to the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. Refresh um, the page yeah. if you're on it right now. Yeah, I'm just refreshing it now. Okay. We have the... Uh, well, this weekend, no, is it this weekend? No, next weekend, I think it is. Thursday coming up? Not this weekend, next week. Something I don't have up here? Yeah, well, I, I, the Reawaken America Tour. I'm going to be oh, there. Oh, yeah, no, I don't have that. I don't have that up there. Yeah, that's so right. that's coming up. Then Nashville, then, right? Yeah, that's Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. Okay. I think the next one may be the virtual Health Freedom Expo, the 18th and 19th. There it is. You got that up. It's only 30 bucks, dude. And it's like th three months of content and more content than you could see in any one Health Freedom Expo and more to add. And I would encourage you, if you haven't already done this, this is one you can do from the comfort of your own home, phone, whatever. So join us for that, trinityhealthfreedomexpo.com. And uh, man, you will be richly rewarded. February as well, the following weekend, 22nd through the 25th. That's my birthday weekend. We're going to have a celebration with our friend Tia Severino, who was with us in Orlando too, having a good time. And so many of our friends are going to be there at next-steps.info, Buford, Georgia, it's Lake Lanier Islands outside of Atlanta, a retreat. It's going to be amazing. I'm so thrilled about that. It's going to be quite extraordinary people building up the next, the next steps of what we do to get out of this nonsense. Then we have the Mind, Body, Soul Restoration event in end of March, beginning of April, the 31st, and April 1st and 2nd in Clearwater, Florida. This is also a retreat. It's going to sell out fast, y'all. Particularly if you're healthcare providers, you could be doctors, nurses, chiropractors, homeopaths, naturopaths, you name it. You can join us with Nutritional Frontiers. And I imagine Judy Mikovits will be there. I'm hoping Tracy Straub will be there. I mean, it'll be a wonderful education weekend. And there will be downtime. Because unlike me, Jamie Dorley knows how to do it. <laughs> He's got it going on. <laughs> So that's just a few of the things coming up in April. Again, we've got to put up the Be Healthy Utah banner, if you don't mind, Super Don. BeHealthyUtah.com. And that's okay. going to be in April because that's we're already up to that if we're looking at upcoming events. All right. Now, there, there are online events and, and things too, Super D, that I've been I am behind about. on those, buddy. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I need to get back on track with with getting those promoted because you're right. There's, there's they're stuff very helpful. Up. And when you guys participate in them by clicking the link, they're very helpful to us too. Yep. And there's one that you're, you're, uh, I sent an email out a, a while back, but the regenerate yourself, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, uh, I'm actually class. interviewed. You're in actually one. in that one. Yeah. 
So I've been so overloaded. I have I have fell short on my my newsletter duties. Well, we need help recently. there, folks. We do. Well, also, I actually I have tapped my my uh, my my son. Okay. Um, who has some free time here and there, and so I'm going to get him going on doing like audio editing, and I might even okay, train him right. a little bit on doing this and stuff. So that that is going to help a little bit. Yeah, terrific. That's good news. Okay. Also, uh, the supercharged antioxidant, the Chernobyl level antioxidant. I got to mention this. Mom is doing so great. She's got more energy. She's sleeping better. And I want to thank Babri at foliumpx.com. F-O-L-I-U-M px.com. If you have hit a wall at some point, you're like, I don't know what to do to take another step. You know, we talk about next steps. You might consider getting the Folium PX and getting on that three-pronged system that my mom is on at 88, almost 89 this month. When I want to say nothing helped her, everything's been trying, you know, keeping it at bay, but nothing had that leap between that, the cardio miracle, and then the Folium PX. That's been the thing that she added. And it's been amazing. So give that a go. Give it a try. 10% off with the RSB10 discount code. I think he said you can do that or free shipping. So you figure out which is better. But and this is there. There is another one that you just introduced for the first time mm-hmm. this weekend um, that we're, we're we're learning more about. And yeah. this this is the energy bits. Yeah, energybits.com. Yeah. And you have the code RSB, I believe, or is RSB20. It's RSB20. Yeah. yeah. On that one there. Yeah. So I, I'm curious about this one as well. I've always been a fan of the algae mm-hmm. uh, and the Corella and the Spirulina. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've got the super blue green here. Clean and that's and a big cool. deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Clean and third party verified and cold process. So you're not heat treating it and damaging it. Energybits.com. Uh, yeah. So check out the, was that aired yesterday on my travel day? That was yesterday. Yep. Yeah. So. You guys take take a look at this stuff. We're bringing you some great great stuff in the new year to make you stronger. I want to get her back on uh, on the show, uh, okay, and and learn more about that because I'm we'll I'm get her on live so you can ask questions too. No, yep. that would be great. So yeah, they have a, a Twitter. I just see we're connected on Twitter now. Energy bits on Twitter. So take advantage of that as well. Uh, also, let's see what else am I forgetting? Crave Kicker. Uh, the he has extended the RSB fifteen. Not only he sold out of his old stock, he's got to get new stock in. He's selling it. To help support getting it's pre-order. it pre-order, so you order pre-order. it now, you get the fifteen percent discount. It'll be shipping out mid-February. K R A V E Kicker dot com. Now, with that, the opening story here, I'm going to have to do it briefly, but it is rather funny. It could be considered offensive to some, but hey, humor, we risk it. We just risk it. Uh, headline reads at the Babylon Bee: Disagreement among progressives over whether the vax is the literal body of Fauci. Or just symbolic. Oh, that's quite the debate. Isn't that, you know, th- this is the kind of thing that, that is offensive to some when you say, because when you talk about the body of Christ, obviously it's a play on that. Is it a symbolic? Is it literally? Well, they're playing it because it is very much a religion in terms of the worship of this Vax and Fauci and others. And so uh, I don't know. It, it, I guess it tickled Dude, your fun. I, I, I thought, I that. mean, you could have written this headline. It's basically yeah. saying that the vaccine mm. is the sacrament. Yes, right. That's what I said. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I love it here. It just, just briefly, uh, mm-hmm. it starts off. A dispute regarding the nature of vaccination has arisen among faithful followers of the science and of Fauci, its prophet. <laughs> According to sources, some progressives say that the sacrament of vaccination is the literal body of Fauci, 
while others believe it is only symbolic. I love this. <laughs> this this is this That's is like brilliant. written for this show. It is. It is it really is. wonderful. Well, y'all y'all review that, share it if you if you're not offended by it, and uh, speak <laughs> out. Oh like, come on, lighten up! Don't be offended. I'm just a too sensitive. Super. Jeez. I'm just too sensitive. Well, speak out like our friend Jody O'Malley. Nurses out loud, and it's airing uh, 10 a.m. Eastern time, and it encores at 11 p.m. Um, and it's a unique talk show from a nurse's perspective on life, politics, current events, and the medical field happenings. And uh, there are a lot of our friends that are participating on the America Out Loud Network as well. And this is Nurses Out Loud. Let's welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Right now, Jody O'Malley. Jody. Hello. Welcome, I feel welcome. you. I'm I'm a little drained after the weekend are as you? well. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was quite extraordinary, but it was go, go, go from the moment you woke up till the when you went to bed, if you went to bed. And we were staying up late. And again, yeah. it's I, I'm not blaming anybody. I did yeah. it to myself. Yeah. But I'm not a college student anymore. I need to be thinking about these things. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, it's it's amazing being around all, all of the people and networking and touching, you know, people's, you know, your story or whatever touches people. And and it's just very emotional. Right. So it's it's a lot of emotion that you're feeling. Um but it's good. It's good emotion. At least we're, you know, not arguing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's it's okay to get engaged in spirited debate, though. That yes. we don't we don't fear that. No, and I want that more. You know, I I love talking to people that you know know the story and and are touched and moved by it. But it's mm-hmm. really you know the others that we need to um to engage in conversation. And yeah, I'm hoping to do that. We have a website link for you, Jody, J-O-D-I, O'Malley, O-M-A-L-L-E-Y-R-N, for registerednurse.com. Uh, and it says, find your voice, speak your truth. And, uh, you know, leading to the Nurses Out Loud podcast as well in the show. Uh, is this something that you had to learn to do because of COVID or were you already outspoken, you know, prior to this? Well, I've always been outspoken. You know, I, I never was the type of person to... Um, you know, be told to do something without understanding um, what that meant and and really understanding it completely. Um, So that wasn't necessarily not in my character, um, but, you know, being a radio host and um, in the spotlight and, you know, being a public figure, if you will, that Mm -hmm. is, has taken time. It's been 15 months and I'm still getting used to it. Yeah. And it says in your back backstory, master's prepared critical care nurse in a federal hospital for Native Americans. And I think of the Native Americans, at least our romanticizing of their history and the medicine man, the medicine woman. Mm-hmm. I think, why would they be needing allopathic medical care? Have they abandoned their ways? I, and we know alcoholism is, is very rampant. So there'd be liver issues. But even that modern medicine is loath to help heal the liver other than replace it after you wore it out if you get lucky and get on the list. So what is it that you saw? I'm just curious about uh, dealing with the Native Americans in this case, uh, indigenous folks. Why are they engaged in needing allopathic medical care so much? Well, I think, you know, um, just historically, what we've done with their culture over time is really stripped them away um, of their 
of their belief system, of their language, of their way of connecting with nature, and you know, really made them a dependent society on on government funding. And so a lot of them rely on the government funding. And a lot of people up in the reservation, they don't have running water or electricity. They live in multi-generational households. So when someone was infected or, or somebody's sick in a multi-generational household with no running water or no electricity, um, you know, it really can spread like wildfire, you know, through their through their home and their community. And that's exactly what we saw happening with them. Uh, several times there were about three different, um, what I call waves that came into the hospital. Um, lots of people that work in the hospital in Phoenix, on their days off, they go back up to the reservation and they spend their time there. And what did we do, Robert? We, we told everybody, stay home, mm -hmm. do nothing, don't go outside. I mean, we didn't give any guidance on what you can do to boost the immune system. No, no, I told them everything that was wrong to do. Now, uh, if we say the proverbial we, we're talking about those who were immersed in an allopathic ideology that uh, is bereft of natural immunity, that, that actually stomps it out if it can get away with it. We've seen the transformation of definition of what even a vaccine does. Yeah. over the time and the re reimagining, if you will, or redefining it to include synthetic mRNA injections, altering DNA protein synthesis artificially by the, the arrogance of man, not God. Mm -hmm. And uh, we think of the, again, I romanticize the Native American concepts of the great spirit and, you know, following nature, being in line with nature, living with it, as opposed to just fully conquering it like the allopathic Western mindset does. And so in regards to how it manifested COVID-wise for them, it was just as devastating because they weren't clinging, and I don't say this negatively, I mean, to their their the older ways, the wisdom of the ancients. Like I've traveled around the world and encouraged people from the African continent to go back to the wisdom of their ancestors and bring that medicine back. Don't let us squash it. Don't let us convince you that it's bad or wrong or quackery because it's the only thing that will save us ultimately. Exactly. And and I know several stories of where they did use their medicinal uh, plants and for treatment of COVID and, and it worked for many people that were sick. So, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's just being silenced, essentially, you know, the, the, the information that was out there was censored. And then, you know, when you have so many deaths in your family, I mean, the Native Americans lost seven years off of their lifespan going back to 1920 numbers of living, you know, in one year, essentially. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it just was devastating to see the impact. Um, many times I, I watched, you know, several people in, in the household die in the hospital, never to see them again, dropping them off in the ER. Mm -hmm. And that was the last contact that they would have. It was Jody, what, do you, what do you see happening now? Like, for instance, the weekend that we had in Orlando, many professions coming together. What did you see that's now working finally? What did you see we could do better? Any, any insights that you have as we encourage folks to get together at these events? Well, what I saw for the first time happening was the nurses got together and, you know, and it seemed like we were just living in our own little silos. Uh, but when we gathered that group of uh, people to come together and, and speak on that day, 
we had probably about 60 um, people in attendance there. And, you know, on top of the speakers that that spoke, and there are um, nurses that are doing amazing things, like Nurse Freedom Network, Kimberly Overton, starting a PMA, um, remnant nursing to allow nurses that are leaving the system to come in and have a place to open up their own practice. We had another uh, nurse, Nina Hart Solutions, that um, you know is talking uh, talking to nurses about having a consulting business. Um, you know, uh, like you mentioned, Ashley Grog with the the Vares Network. Um, I forget exactly what her website is, but Vares you know, there's project I believe. Oh, yeah, VAERS Project and educating nurses and physicians because none of us get any education uh, mm-hmm. on that, you know, at all in, in our training. And so, um, you know, really, I think it was just very empowering. You know, we've had the amazing physicians and psychiatrists um, speak out and, you know, tell us what studies are working, tell us what treatments are working, what protocols are working. But ultimately, um, it's going to be the nurses that educate the public because the doctors can put out these amazing protocols, but the general public reads at a seventh grade level. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to have them go through uh, an algorithm, essentially, um, it requires education. And that's where the nurse shines. And, you know, and that is you know, gathering more nurses to know you're not alone. You know, Robert, we have these nurses out in New York that are protesting. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, to uh, protesting for um, more nurses to help them, you know, because they're saying that the patient uh, to nurse ratio isn't safe. Well, guess what? It wasn't safe a, a few years ago. And then they, you know, they didn't stand with the nurses that honored autonomy and, you know, believed in the informed consent and our practices. And, and now they're, they're standing out there in the cold protesting and, you know, wanting other nurses to gather with them when we're like, well, where were you? Where yeah. were you when, when they were bullying and coercing us to participate in an experiment? And Jody, what of the nurses that have walked away? from the licensed profession itself and do not want to abandon nursing totally. I've seen many innovative movements toward private membership associations, different things that take you out of the restrictions of being in the public in that regard. Was there discussion among the nurses this weekend about things like that evolving? Absolutely. Um, You know, there, Melissa Schreifetter gave a presentation on functional medicine training for nurses, and it's a very inexpensive program that six weeks um, uh, an hour and a half a week to get trained and we can open up our own practice guys and we don't need our license to do it. Mm-hmm. And so that's the beauty of it is that we can help people. We can order labs for, for patients in many areas, you know, or the patients, patients can order their own labs. And I don't think people realize that, but when you order under um, an RN, then you get a, a, a big di- a discount. Like, for example, Robert, a CBC is five bucks, right? Uh, uh, that's a lab, a complete blood count mm-hmm. is five dollars. And so many of us, you know, including myself, I loved the bedside nursing. I loved it. And I loved going to work and coming home and having my own life. Um, but now I see where. I can be of assistance and I can still help people um, probably a lot better than I I did in the hospital because 
you know, functional medicine is to prevent you from going to the hospital. So, you know, finding out the root causes of disease and that's integrative nursecoaching.com. Nice. Also folks, encouraging nurses around the country, even doctors as well to join us at Trinity School of Natural Health to learn a lot of these integrative body, mind, spirit options that you have uh, to further take your nursing skills up another notch to do things that you probably didn't get trained on in allopathic nursing schools. And it's more than just uh, vaccinating and drugging, even from the nursing perspective and fulfilling the demands of a doctor who just writes scripts for these things. It's a you know very uh, miserable situation when you realize everything you're doing is harming patients, not helping them. So looking and encouraging to, to do better now that we know better. That's right. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, uh, lots of physicians in these systems, unless they have their own practice that is not um, taking insurance, they're literally typing in, Robert, what the chief uh, diagnosis is, and then they get lit, populated in a list of medications that they can prescribe. And a lot of them have to go in order, right? Mm -hmm. Because the insurance company is saying, try this one first, try this one second, and so on. Even though they may know that, you know, option four is going to work right. better, they can't do that. And a lot of people don't realize Maybe. that. Imagine if they prescribe something like a silver nasal rinse. Mm -hmm. Completely right. neutralize bacterial, viral, and fungal uh, issues without harming the tissues of the body, the sinus cavity. I mean, just an ex as one example. Well, we it is a big, sorry. Yeah, that's a big example, right? It's like we're talking about sanitation of our hands and stuff, but what mm -hmm. about sanitation of our uh, airwaves that are mm -hmm. compromised exactly. and that's our nose and our mouth? So if we can sanitize those areas on a daily basis, you know, you, you're ahead of the game. You're exactly right. Yeah. So looking at those options, and I saw more people than ever becoming open to them. Uh, I did a couple of CME lectures. One was more elaborate in terms of to the, the integrative doctors. The next one, I had to condense that hour into a half hour. Uh, I know, thank, thank Dr. Sangita. She actually worked with me before I did that because I was a little, little challenged. Like, how do I take that hour into 30 minutes? But also do it for the public. And there were many doctors present there to give perspectives that are available and, 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 you know, anybody can research it, but look, we're all distracted. We're all busy in our certain lanes. And that's why we come together and have these presentations because some folks have focused here and say, look at what we've found, look at what is working clinically and or otherwise. So it, that's why these events are, I think are so very important, whether they're virtual, which is better than nothing, or even better when we get together because we strengthen the bonds of friendship. We strengthen our own resolve to recognize we're not alone. And there are a lot of people that feel the same way we do and that have each other's backs when the chips are down. Mm -hmm, that's right. And then you're able to see all these people that have different solutions and meet with them and touch their products, taste their products. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it, it it's amazing to get together. And, you know, th this is such a big um, pie that we all, you know, can share. And, and I think that's the beauty of it is that we're trying to help millions of people. And so it's going to take a lot of us to be able to do that. And yeah. I so agree. Jody, on, on the Nurses Out Loud show, uh, mm -hmm. do you ever have loud homeopaths on? <laughs> I haven't yet. I haven't yet, but I'm but I'm totally open to it. You know, like you said, thank you for promoting the Nurses Out Loud show because it is a unique talk show that's five days a week <laughs> with uh, different nurse hosts daily, and then we also go to podcast. Um, we're, we're trying to encourage 
more nurses to know that they're not alone and that we are truly in a, in a war of good and evil. And anybody that has that, you know, that calling, I think so many of us have been just shaken in some way over the last mm-hmm. three years. And, and that's, that's okay, because mm-hmm. <clears throat> that's okay, because you, you don't grow unless you you get uncomfortable sometimes, right? So mm-hmm. with uncomfortability comes growth. And, um, and I think that's where like one of my strengths is, is just to encourage and empower others to, to stand in their truth. You know, I, I did something drastic like record, um, but that's because I had to tell a story. You know, somebody said once, if you want somebody to know the truth, tell them if you want somebody to love it share a story. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I realized that I needed to do. I could tell them all day long what I was seeing in the hospital and hearing. um, But it wasn't until I actually recorded it and said, okay, here you go. Here it is. Mm -hmm. Pretty extraordinary. I'm looking at the list Monday through Friday. I don't think we've had April Snipes on. Uh, Cammy Marino, that name is very familiar. Maybe we've had her on. Kimberly Overton, of course, is a good friend. I just connected really well with Nurse Michelle over the weekend, and now you, Jody, which is wonderful. And uh, I, I love that these voices are being heard, and that uh, it is causing, I guess, on some degree, to some degree, a, a raucous in, in in you know the censorship uh, campaigns, because it's not just me or you or Ty and Charlene Bollinger or Bobby Kennedy and other. It's like there are so many voices coming out; they can't suppress them all. And it's becoming more obvious that as they do, they look foolish, not uh, not in any way uh, having the high ground. It's like they don't have the moral authority to claim that uh, people aren't being helped by the things we're talking about. Right. And, and more is being released daily. I mean, every single day, Robert, since my exposure, and that was 15 months ago, it's, you know, my story is, is showing that it was true. And now, you know, I have um, people re-releasing the video because it's like, yes, this is what I exposed. This is what I was trying to tell you guys about, um, you know, 15 months ago, but due to censorship, um, you know, the although the video got five million views in two days, um, it, it could have, you know, really, you know, gone a lot far, farther without Twitter suppressing it and et cetera. So um, it, it's important. And, and, you know, people, we're not alone. We're not. And as nurses, I, I just want to remind all of the, the healthcare professionals out there is that we took an oath to protect the patient. We took an oath to the patient, not to policy, right? Not to these pseudoscience protocols. We are taught to look at the best available science and let that be our guide, knowing that the patient is at the center of our care. So my duty is to the patient, not to the doctor's order, and certainly not to hospital administration. And so we need to bridge that gap. And I think nurses need to be reminded and medical professionals of the oath that they did take to do no harm, informed consent, patient advocate first and foremost. Yeah, to say what you've just said is reasonable is obviously an understatement, but it's become something that causes you to get banned and suppressed. And it's just amazing. You you, you want what? Informed consent? What? Are you mad? We can't have that. People might not choose the thing we want them to choose. Oh, you mean if we tell them there are risks that include death? Oh, yeah, that might happen. 
but that was the basis of the Nuremberg Code. Good Lord, you think we have uh, evolved and become more conscious? Well, apparently some want us to go back to unconsciousness and the yeah. devastating consequences of what we're witnessing via limited informed consent, if any at all, much less the propagandizing of a medical intervention that is completely experimental and is still experimental to this day. And I believe would prove if there was honesty and integrity in the scientific community uh, would prove to be an abject failure and would probably be shelved forever. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, my eyes have been woken up. Uh, you know, I, I'm vaccinated. My children are fully vaccinated, but I'll tell you never again would I inject anything into my child again. And, you know, I, I just don't trust it. I don't trust, you know, the, the big medical why industrial. Did you ever, it's the big question this is why did you ever now I say this recognizing in my young life, I didn't know any better mm -hmm. when I knew better. I did better. And my kids have never once had a shot. They've never had an antibiotic, but I've raised them differently holistically. But for those that were duped, like this is what I hear now. I was duped. I was lied to. Like many of the doctors that are presenting now, I was lied to. And I say, well, that's great. But you know what? I and others of my colleagues that are homeopaths and naturopaths and herbalists have been saying they're lying to you for 30 years or more. And now you just figure it out. Now, that's not to denigrate them for figuring out when they did. We only know when we know. The question is, what do we do about it once we know? As you said, no more shots, for instance, and no, never again. But how is it that we were so vulnerable to be deceived? Blind trust. I, I will say I, I trusted what I was being taught in school. You know, I didn't I didn't investigate it the way that I should have. And once I did, and, and now that I know, I mean, I'm speaking out from the rooftops about it because people, you know, and I'll give you an example. You know, I posted something on my Instagram page and and somebody, you know, said, was this true? That girl didn't die or whatever it was. And I looked and I was like, I, I never said she died. Um, but then I, I said to her, oh, and then she said to me, I trust everything that you post. So I'm, I'm trusting that you vet it out before you post it. And I, you know, politely said to her, I said, absolutely. I don't just read the headline. I do read the meat of the article, but we cannot blindly trust anybody. Right? Yeah, I don't. I don't think you want them to blindly trust you. I, absolutely I tell people, not. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Right. And so, you know, I told her. I said, first of all, you need to reread that again because never did I say she died. You just might have inferred that she did. So that's why you need to educate yourself. And mm -hmm. and that's the same. You know, Dr. McCullough. I I love that man. You know, we've had a strong connection for a while now. And, you know, even if he posts something, I, I don't just I, I write down the article or the study that he references and I go and I read it. So, yeah. you know, this is what we need to do. We, we absolutely need to yeah. take accountability. No more personality worship, y'all. Look, yeah. there can be good people. And I really believe and perceive Peter McCullough is an amazing um, a gentleman, a kind human, compassionate human being who also happens to be a phenomenal cardiac focused doctor. But he readily admits the things that he doesn't know at this point. That's a great sign of a real therapeut, someone who actually cares enough to learn and realize we, there's always more to learn. And uh, at this point, to your point, just because McCullough says it, just because you say it, just because I say it, that's no, do a little bit, a bit better. And uh, I'm glad that you're bringing that up as well. And I think that it can be frustrating for people that don't know how to read the literature. And they, they say, but I got to trust somebody. Well, trust your gut. 
at least there, you got a connection to the wisdom of creation, that which created us all. That goes even far behind beyond the mental constructs of fairly intelligent yet programmable people. Mm-hmm. We must go deeper, and that's a spiritual relationship that I encourage everybody to develop and strengthen as well. I yes, that is the foundation. That that's what led me throughout all of this in March of 2020 when we you know said the whole world is getting on board with this two weeks to slow the spread. I I I knew for me that was very prophetic. You know, as a young girl in a church listening to end times prophecy and hearing it, I was like, oh, the whole world. Never before has this happened. And mm-hmm. I I decided in that moment that I was going to choose my faith over fear. And throughout that process, I was able to critically think. You know, I didn't allow the emotion of fear to, to disturb my critical thinking ability. And, and that's, you know, how you're talking to me today. I mean, I educated myself over and over again. I mean, I was living and breathing the education that I was consuming and, you know, and then it gave me the, well, I wouldn't say that necessarily gave me the power, but when the Lord laid on my heart, okay, here you go, here's your time, record this, you know, that was a very scary time to to do that in a federal facility. And Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what the ramifications of that could potentially be, but you know what, Robert, I didn't care. You know, I did not care because I knew that what I was being called to do and, um, and I just listened to the call. And after my exposure that went viral, um, I received a lot of complaints against my nursing license saying that I was vaccine creating vaccine hesitancy or promoting mis and disinformation. And I had to go in front of the state board, Arizona state board of nursing, and they ordered me to undergo an ethics evaluation. And I did, and they cleared me of all wrongdoing. So I didn't have a trial or anything. And I want people to know that if you stand, reread your your oath that you took, mm-hmm. um, because you know, as we're nurses or doctors, we're mandatory reporters. So if we see anything that could potentially be a safety signal for our patient, we are mandated to report that. So you know. Just let people know that that my case would set precedence on that. And, um, you no, know. being led by a higher authority as well. I think the first uniform principle is a higher authority. It really is lends itself to a spiritual, a deep spiritual understanding of what, as a healthcare provider, you should do or shouldn't do. It's a starting point. Do no harm. And it I don't is. think it's too much to ask, but it's the very first thing that is done every time you inject mRNA or any vaccination and or drug. Now, there may be times where it may be warranted. I would say with mRNA, I can't find that time or place. And even these previous incarnations of vaccinations, because we have in homeopathy, other ways to address immune sensitization without risk, homeoprophylaxis and otherwise, and generally restoring integrity to the immune system. And what does that mean? How is it done? Those are the things we focus on, body, mind, and spirit. Again, those are people are learning from Trinity are learning a lot about those things as well. But if we, uh, if we abandon the spirit, this is where we go wrong in any field or endeavor. And that includes, of course, modern medicine. But I would say that true of homeopathy, not having that guidance from a far higher place than a mental construct. I mean, I could know a lot of remedies in this here Materia Medica book, and I know a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And yet there could be times where I am looking and saying, oh, that looks like this. And I'm getting a nudge 
you know, from spirit. No, look here. I'm like, wait a second. But I know, wait a second. And so are we willing to listen to the guidance from a far higher and deeper place in the midst of even our learned knowledge where the mental constructs might not fit the momentary need of someone coming to seek our assistance? That's why I say body, mind, and spirit. You abandon the spirit. Body, mind's not enough. That Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think people... You know, when when they ask, you know, how do you have the strength to do what, you know, what you and I are doing right now? And I think you just hit the nail on the head. We're not following our own will. You know, we're listening. We're listening to that to that still small voice of where where do we need to be? What should we be doing? And and I think people have confused a relationship with with Father God with a religion. And, and, you know, that's not, that's not what he wants for us. He wants to have a relationship. Well, how do you get, how do you grow stronger in any relationship? And that's by listening, hearing, feeling. And so that's what I encourage and empower people to do. You know, um, I, I, I have a book coming out. It's called Rare Courage. And uh, doing what's right when you're surrounded by wrong. And I had people had asked what, you know, write a book, write a book. Well, I just sat back for a while and I didn't even know if I should write a book. And then, you know, the Lord laid it on my heart to do it. And what the, the whole premise of the book is, is my journey through COVID, but how mm-hmm. my faith got me through it all. And so I was posting very early on in March, um, following the science, Robert, right? Yeah. I, I, and I was posting the science. So I do have my posts that, yes. that show my way of thinking and everything. And I just hope it encourages, empowers people to, to look at the spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you said it's rare courage doing what's right when you're surrounded by wrong. Yeah. So this is not out yet. It's not, but if they went to jodyomalliarn.com, um, I will send out an email when the pre-order um, sales are, are going to be released. And and my hope is to get that in every break room oh, um, across America. Now. Yeah, so we'll we'll get you back on when it's uh, released as well. And awesome. uh, please let your nurses out loud crowd know that we do have loud nurses on a show with a loud homeopath. And we get together and we get along famously. We do. And it's an easy conversation. <laughs> it is indeed. Well, uh, your next episode is coming out this week. Are you ready already? Or do you need a week off from the events? Oh, I don't know. There's too much to say, isn't there? Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, if you're doing it, I got to do it. So <laughs> no, my show is airing uh, on Friday at 10 a.m. All right, Jody O'Malley, God bless you. Thank you for all that you're doing. I look forward to seeing you. I don't know which the next event we'll be both together at, but hopefully, uh, uh, you know, at least though, I think we're going to go Nashville for this event. We were just attending maybe uh, that one. I know I've got the next steps in Atlanta, which is a lot of good people coming for that. But uh, look forward to seeing you again and having you on or being on your show, whatever we can do to get the word out. Awesome. Thank you so much. God bless you. Uh, you as well. That's Jody O'Malley. Again, links are up in the show notes to the Nurses Out Loud and Jody O'Malley. Uh, rn.com and uh, you can check that out links are in the show notes by the way today's show i think is the 11th of january so that's what one 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 two three if you if you're in the n- numbers one eleven twenty three uh, on today's broadcast and i don't know how i figured it. i think i heard that from my wife and i remembered it considering how i'm all right so one 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 is three plus two is five plus three is eight 
No, it's eight not. Is, eight is, huh? Eight is no. enough. Oh, no, oh I know. Enough. Ah, see, eight is enough. Adam Rich just okay. died. Yeah. Man, see, I told you. I told you. King of segways. Now, a numerological segway, <laughs> he was like 53, I think. <clears throat> he uh, was. And now somebody said he No, he's 54, I think. 54? My age. Yeah. Okay. So is it true or is it a fake thing that he had posted on Twitter, like, get your, you know, effing shot kind of thing? Was he one of those? Uh, I, I haven't jumped into that one. Okay. Usually yeah. I try to just because I just, I'm just like, ah, oh, don't say this stuff unless you, it's, you know, cause I'm afraid. Yeah. That's why know, I that ask. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, that one I didn't, I didn't look into. Okay. Uh, we do have a story on CBD. One of our favorite topics, uh, cannabis and tech today is reporting that CBD is more effective than conventional treatments at treating skin ulcers and ulcerations. Well, I, we know of things that do that silver, the sovereign silver gel, the argent gel, but now how about CBD? According to the American cancer Society, skin cancer, most common, I would say again, lack of selenium, lack of silica, lack of copper, all of these things can contribute to it. But CBD was, you talk about the 90th essential nutrient as we hear from Joe Messino over there. Yes, at the 91st. 91st. That's right. 91st. Thank you. Modena, Italy, the administration of a topical extract preparation of CBD effectively mitigates wound-related pain and promotes the healing of skin ulcers in patients with scleroderma, according to randomized trial data published in the journal Advances in Skin and Wound Care. And it's, uh, scleroderma is pretty brutal uh, as far as that goes. So that's a good sign, CBD calming that uh, immune response. Uh, and it worked better than uh, conventional medical treatments. You know, we know, and I think, yeah, I mean, what are you going to do about that? And we should ban You've that? just been banned. Yeah, exactly. So if you're not already get here, <clears throat> by the way, I got this from uh, Jamie. They have a little, I didn't have this one before, but it's like a little narrow travel size. Yeah. Of yeah. The transdermal. This is nice. Handy. Yeah. And it's uh, one fluid out so you can take it on board until they increase the amounts you can take on. I was using, of course, the transdermal just because of the stress in my neck. I'm telling and you. And even the pain of the headache. <sighs> if it hadn't been for the fact that they put that rule in place, mm -hmm. you know there would have been just planes blowing up everywhere from two ounces of hand cream <laughs> well no i think it'd have to be over 3.4 ounces but I oh get i'm sorry okay four ounces then whatever so also the cbd drops these are the uh gummies from nutritional frontiers you go to cbdnf.com use the code rsb15 get 15 percent off uh and that includes on sale items at nutritional frontiers so there's a lot of cool stuff coming out from them uh, i also have this the NRDMG dimethylglycine this is the stuff if you're exposed and let's face it, everybody is, to glyphosate. You know, obviously, I, I probably am a little bit more diligent in reducing that exposure than many because I go or, you know, I've gone organic since a long time before there was this stuff. Uh, but to help repair, this DMG is very important. We've talked about it. Of course, uh, Judy Mikovits is amazing on this. Advanced Immune Support, enter DMG from Nutritional Frontiers. Y'all check that out. If you're in, ever engaged and maybe exposed to this uh, glyphosate, you definitely want the enter DMG. So what else we got today uh, on the show? We got a few minutes. I'm still standing. Super, I, see, the thing is, I love you caught doing a second this. wind. I can feel it. I, yeah, I love doing this show, as you can say, tell. I show up for yes. work most days. Yes. So much that even if I'm feeling like dog squeeze or cat squeeze. No, I know no, no, I no, 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 no. What? No. You can't say dog squeeze. You can't say that? We, we've been over this before. 
Really? But no, we've never been censored. Don't ever Google what is dog squeeze. Do not Google that. It's really hard. Do not do it. But no. Just, it's just a, an expression to help you understand, oh, I feel really bad. Uh, <laughs> this is me whining. But the point is, when you love what you do, you'll find a way through it. But that doesn't discount the need to rest and regenerate, which I haven't mm -hmm. been doing in the past six days, which is why I'm feeling the way I feel. So it's not a mystery. It's like I didn't catch something from somebody. I created everything I'm experiencing from within. Maybe I've been exposed to things too, but only vulnerability is due to the things I've done to myself, if you will, and not caring and not resting and not regenerating to the extent that I should. And I'm held together because I'm doing a lot of good things, as you know, the cardio miracle. Uh, and I've had a lot of the CBD as well. A lot of the minerals that I take from Jonathan at choose to be healthy.com, increasing your selenium intake, always important. The trace elements that I'm getting from the uh, missing link as well. By the way, RSB five is the discount code over at choose to be healthy.com for all that good stuff. And I'm I took a lot of awaiting my, uh, my, my order. You ordered some as well. Now I had, um, a 16 ounce bottle of Argentin 23 the other day because I was feeling so bad. I was feeling, I was going downhill, congestion, throat, everything. And I was just pounding it overnight. And I think I went through 10 ounces of a 16 ounce bottle. People are going to go, Oh my gosh, you're going to turn blue. No, you can process and excrete. <gasps> All kerosene. Yeah. yeah. No, he was making it at home using the bioactive silver hydrosol. I have not that concern and uh, made it through. I'm making it through, but I still want to get a little bit more rest. So Super D, did the things that were supposedly scheduled after the show today, did that get rescheduled? Kevin was working on that. He was supposed to. Yeah. So we'll just we'll just put our faith in Kevin that it got okay. taken care of. <laughs> Kevin. He hasn't said otherwise. So Yeah. And it was good to see, obviously, Kevin so helpful. I wish I could have gone on that farm tour with everybody that went, but I was still prod broadcasting and presenting, so I couldn't do that down there. But we had the guy from the farm tour, uh, Dale something, I, f I forget, who uh, conducted it. And we've had him on the show talking about regenerative agriculture. Jim Gale? Jim Gale, thank you. Yeah, that was Jim Food Gale. Forest Abundance, I think. Yes, he hosted yeah. that event. And I don't know, dozens of people went, and it looked great. Looked like a wonderful day. They were out in the sun. In fact, Kevin got sunburned. I don't know if he sprayed himself down with the silver <laughs> or not. He but didn't look sunburned. I saw him this morning. He might have used the silver spray all over because that'll knock it down in a hurry. So... All right, so we doing a bonus time or what? Yeah, we can do a bonus time. Okay. Y'all want to? Join us, won't you? We'll keep it short because oh. I got to take a break and then I got to go work with uh, Shemaine. Oh, sure, Shemaine Nugent, right? The rock star's wife. That's right. All right. You guys have a good time? I hope you did. We got a lot more healing in a short few minutes of the bonus round coming up after this. RobertScottBell.com slash listen. Sign up for the newsletter and send RSB to 22828. That's the easiest way to do it if you haven't already because the power to heal is yours. I already see one question I can answer real quick from mm -hmm. Christy, I believe. She asked, which uh, edition of the Materia Medica you recommend? Well, I mostly use the Borakis Materia Medica. You see it's kind of faded. This was printed in India, this one. But the Borky is Boricky, B-O-E-R-I-C-K-E, Borky's edition of the edition of the Materia Medica. Oh, now you're sending me a private message? I just answered it publicly, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> I can see. There we go. I put Don't it in need there. to hide. It's okay. Yeah, it's not hidden information. 
I saw it. You asked. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Delta Dawn, I got to talk to you about your airline, what they did to my my son overnight through Minneapolis. Good Lord. Um, it was bizarre. Weird, weird, weird. But, you know, these things happen. Sometimes you know why they happen later. <sighs> All right. So you got Shemaine Nugent. Are you going to record with her or just uh, plan? No, it's recording? live. Oh, you're it's going live. live. Yeah, it goes out live on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Central Time. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. So, all right, that's good. And and where's the best place that you want people to watch it? Uh, probably. I mean, uh, Facebook and Rumble probably mm-hmm. are the two two good places okay. to watch it. Yeah. Leslie says she's taking a break from staining. Oh. Yeah. Well, the husbands never stop staining their clothing. <laughs> Food <laughs> dropping down, spilling and stuff. Probably different kind of staining, but wrong uh, kind of staining. Been a great show today, she says, Leslie, and you are so awesome. And I can't wait to hear your OCD chapter version of the uh the stay at home mom podcast. Momming momming with OCD. Yeah. It is up and available. On uh, our podcast on SoundCloud, Amazon, iTunes, and thanks to the gracious of efforts places. of Super Don going above and beyond the new things he couldn't. Well, and I appreciate the efforts of Leslie and Ula and Mark too. Yeah. And um, always looking for more content too. So, very cool. Yep. So, here's a question Have you heard there's this, this buzz going around in the news where people have been mm-hmm. talking about this thing called chat? GPT. Have you heard about this? No, this is the first I'm hearing. I've been out of touch. What is that? It's an artificial intelligence uh, thing that has been put out on the internet. Mm -hmm. And it's basically has uh, been trained with data up until like October of 2021. Okay. And you can go on this thing and you you can literally have like interaction with artificial intelligence through this this, this thing. It's just like a training artificial intelligence bot that they mm-hmm. put on the internet. And uh, I've been having some fun with it. <laughs> in, in between where I'm just like, I'm thinking, okay, how can I stump artificial intelligence? Yeah, right? give me an example. Did you have something that you did? did in- well, I got it to admit that pharmaceutical companies are corrupt, which I thought right. was kind of cool. Okay. Um, uh, wow. But other than that, it's it's been tough. And so it's almost been like, I, I've been like uh, like Spock. Uh-huh. Like, you know, like trying to, trying to beat the artificial intelligence stuff. Oh, but you, know you can have, hmm. I, I saw, uh, Dr. James Lyons Weiler, Dr. Jack, our friend do that as well. He stumped it on a very complex issue. Okay. So, so same now thing. I understand what you're yeah. talking about now. Okay. okay. Yeah. It's so, all, it's, it's right what on the a great mind you have logical mind that you can confound the so-called artificial intelligence. It's kind of, it's, it's a lot of fun, but you can also be silly with it. Hmm. And, and what I've discovered is that I can get the artificial intelligence to write poems. So I can say, please, uh, you know, do a poem about blank. Okay. And so I asked it just, uh, it was during the break. I said, I just had an idea. I was just like, how about a poem about homeopathy, right? When was the last time you heard a homeopathy poem? Yeah, I don't recall in a while. Okay. I mean, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, have you ever heard of it? Have you you, you want to hear? That? You want to hit, hear what the artificial intelligence wrote here as as a poem for homeopathy? Did this just happen in real time? It just happened. I'm looking at it right now. 
I, I'm, wait, are you doubting me? I, I don't know what to think okay. about Okay, no, no, no. All right, fine. Forget the homeopathy. That's okay. Challenge accepted. No, challenge what? accepted. What? Here's what I want you to do. Okay. I want you to think of the most bizarre thing. All right. I want you to say, tell me what that is, and I will have the artificial intelligence write a poem about it. Just just come up with something right off the top of your head. Anything. Uh, um, wombat combat. What? Wombat? What is combat? wombat combat? Make a poem about it. What is it? A wombat. It's well, an animal. How about a poem about a wombat? You can't do it about wombat combat? All you right, write some poetry. I had to come all up right, with some. All lines. right. Let's, well, let's see. You went way bizarre on this here, but let's see what, what it says. I, I okay. Remember. No, that's fine. That's fine. All right. So artificial intelligence. I asked for a poem about wombat combat. <laughs> <laughs> it's thinking. It's thinking here. I don't know if there's ever been a poem written about wombat combat. It looks oh, like yeah, it I'm may spraying. be doing it about wombats, but let's I'm see. It all right. At, at, as, as it is writing it here. Mm -hmm. Wombats, they may seem slow and shy, but in combat, they don't bat an eye. With their tough hide and sturdy build, they're a force to be reckoned with, never yielding. Their strong legs and sharp claws give them an edge in any cause. Don't underestimate these little furballs, <laughs> for when riled up, they'll come out swinging like a boxer with powerful jaws. Their burrows... They'll fiercely defend. With their combat skills, they'll make a worthy opponent. So next time you see a wombat, don't be fooled by their peaceful facade, for they're a combatant. They may not fly or breathe fire, but in a battle, they'll never, never tire. Wombat's a unique combatant. Their strength and bravery, a testament. So what's now, the, you didn't think that it would do something about wombat combat, but it did. I, I, look, I honestly I had no. Is that not impressive? I, it, it, I guess I, it, maybe it's a little scary too. Oh, look at Michael Bolden's putting some questions to the AI. Uh -huh. Do you see okay. this in our chat? All right, no, hold on, let me get over there. Okay. What would AI reduce human population to end global warming? <laughs> Not likely. Figures Bolden would be having the same fun that I am, right? I've yeah, been but, fascinated you know, with this thing all weekend. But the thing is, not likely. That doesn't mean they rule it out. It wasn't absolutely not. It's not likely, but we'd consider right, it. Right. right? Isn't that interesting? Yep. And then see, what's the next thing he asked? What's the best way to reduce human population in order to protect the environment? Oh, not the only solution. Oh, so it's one of the solutions. Ooh, the, the Bolden's sharp too here. Good Finding stuff. out that artificial intelligence doesn't doesn't rule Good out stuff. the potential for reducing population to achieve certain yeah. goals. And I actually managed. It took me it took me numerous tries, but I managed to get the Chat GPT to mm -hmm. admit that yeah. it is possible that someone could be uh, old and frail enough that they could die from getting the COVID vaccine. Wow. But it, it took, it was like, I had to keep going back and, and reiterating and, and, you know, countering it and stuff like that. Was it? And eventually it took, I think it probably took me like four, four, uh, uh, responses back Fire to it, down. drilling down that I got it to admit that yes, it could happen. But then it always followed it up with, 
but there's been regularly rigorously yeah, tested yeah. and blah 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 whatever it is definitely artificial now yeah. with bolden's question about what's the best way to reduce human population in order to protect the environment they say it's not the only solution and then he comes back and says they also said it may not even be necessary in many cases again leaving open the possibility for a skynet like development of artificial mm -hmm. intelligence wiping out humans to save the earth no i i started off asking if it knew if you know if it could become aware you know, and I, I tried, tried taking that angle and trying, you know, but it's, it's been, it, it, listen, it's fun. Um, I, I'm kind of like hooked on it at the moment, trying to think how I can try and come up with other things to talk about. But right. in any case, Delta Dawn says every college kid going to use this GPT for writing papers. They have been actually doing that. Wow. It's, it's become a problem and they've had to write software that can determine whether it's something that was created by artificial intelligence or not because they are using AI to write papers. <laughs> and so it, it is something that... Uh, Dude, when you were a student, would you totally have used this for Heck that purpose? Yeah. Heck yeah. Love writing papers. Are you kidding me? I'm not telling my daughter about this. She's in the middle of a thesis, <laughs> her senior thesis. So. But of course, oh, they're going to disagree with her, you know, about GMOs and toxic poisons. and. Glyphosate. I haven't gotten into that. Um, but yeah, I have been asking a lot of questions that are things that we talk about here on the show. And it's been kind of interesting. Mm -hmm. So anyway, Combat Wombat. There you go. So that should be the name of our next studio album. Combat, Combat Wombat. Wombat. Oh, with the other way around, Wombat Combat. I'm not trying to start up new chicken fighting series or anything like that. But that's what came to mind. A little rhyme. Well, and well um, we'll, we'll, we'll try another one tomorrow. Okay. So let's tomorrow, uh, so let's look at what's coming up tomorrow. Uh, in the calendar. Let's see if anything's updated on today's calendar. Uh, let's see. Oh, tomorrow. Kava Dagan? Pre-record. That's in the morning. Runs okay. Nettles and Pins, a farm website and folk school teaching skills she learned and expanded on while serving. Is that a pre-record for our show? It, I'm guessing that that might okay. be a pre-record for us. Yeah. You'll need to do that one solo because I got to uh, She's also in Israel. Hopefully and then we, we got, won't have any problems with that. Uh, Jonathan E. Morton in hour one. Tomorrow, Thursday already? Tomorrow is Thursday. What is this? Uh, James Roguski? James Roguski. Tamari, Tamari in hour one. Looks like. No, hour two. That'd be hour two, right? Yes, hour two. All right. I am still out of touch, y'all. Bear with me here. No worries. Friday, Dr. Andrew Hoff. And we have Sophia Manolesco mm -hmm. from JexitUSA.org. So we got some interesting guests coming up. Indeed. Next week, Tracy Slepcevic. It's a hard thing to say for an American. Slepcevic. She's a warrior mom. Joshy Oder coming on no. on Monday. That MLK Day? No, that's January MLK Day. How about that? Yeah. Uh, and we got Sean David Cohen. Cohen. Oh, Crave Kicker coming back on. We'll nope. talk more addiction next week. AJ, AJ DePriest. Nope. AJ Problem. And then on thir on Wednesday, jo uh, Joe Latipo. Joe Latipo. Um, nope. Surgeon General of Florida is scheduled to be here with us. That's going to be cool. And then Thursday will be another travel day, so we'll have to figure out what we're doing with that. Well, we, want, we usually want to pre-record with... Uh, Emord don't like to miss any Emord events. Nope. Sacred Fire of Liberties. So, 
All right. Well, yeah. thanks y'all for being here. I'm glad to be back in studio. Uh, hopefully these other events canceled, although I think I still have one more thing at maybe an hour from now or an hour and a half from now, uh, but I can get some rest in between and I'll be back. I'll be better. I will do better. I'll get some rest and then I'll get back in and win the challenge of the week. Maybe, maybe. You'll I mean, be hopefully. fine. Yeah. You'll be fine. Get yeah. some rest tonight. Uh, you'll think you'll be a whole new person tomorrow. How often you don't feel good, it makes it, ugh, you know, it makes it worse. I'm not used to this. Like I used to be chronically ill and I, this is all I knew. When you know how good it feels to feel good and you don't, then it really sucks. It's just my experience. Just saying. Kaufman Institute for Coincidence. Oh, boy. All right. I'll tell you what. Uh, hold on. I've got this video. I had considered playing this today. Okay. It's two minutes long. Let's end our bonus time with this. Okay. Uh, pretty funny stuff. Um, <laughs> I, I believe it comes from, there's a, uh, a, a YouTube channel mm-hmm. called at I love liberties, T E E S or a t-shirt company. And okay. they're the ones that put this out mm-hmm. on their YouTube channel. And so here is the Kaufman Institute for coincidence. Are you or a loved one suffering from a medical coincidence? (laughs) You want proper medical care, but you don't want people sniffing around asking a whole bunch of questions about what might be causing your problem. At the Kaufman Institute for Coincidence, we won't look into the cause of your heart or other problem. We'll just fix it. That's right. We promise to only look at your symptoms. We won't get all curious looking for causes because that could get your employer or your doctor into some legal hot water. And nobody wants that. At Kaufman, we understand that coincidence is now the leading cause of death. Hey, we've got another coincidence over here. If we want to operate at the speed of science, there's no time for looking for causes. No pesky questions about drugs or vaccines you may have been given. At Kaufman, we specialize in the effects and leave the causes to the conspiracy theorists. And let's be honest, we know the cause anyway. It was a coincidence, right? For each new patient, Kaufman's talented team of doctors strap on their blinders and look directly at the problem area, usually the heart, just like the CDC recommends. Our main campus now treats myocarditis, blood clots, heart arrhythmia, stroke, heart attack, magnetic skin, difficulty breathing, full body blisters and burning, convulsions, kidney failure, memory loss, cancer, sudden death, and much, much more. Give your coincidence the attention it deserves but not the wrong kind of attention at Kaufman. Schedule your appointment today at KaufmanCoincidence.com and receive a doctor's note with a real sciency sounding explanation to provide to your anti-vax friends, proving to them it was definitely not the vaccine that caused your coincidence. ABV. Kaufman, because coincidences happen pretty much all the time. Anything about vaccines? Yeah. Official medical coincidence partner of the NFL. <laughs> Wow, that's that's next level. Uh, I don't know if you call it. Is that great? I saw that this morning. And I I just it didn't. Did, I wasn't able to fit it in. But thanks to uh, to the suggestion, we we made it happen. So nice. nice. A little chuckle to end the show today, and uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow. All right. Well, have fun with Shane Nugent. All rock, right. Whatever world you're rocking together, say hello from me. Go put your feet up. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Later, taters. Thank you for being here. Thank <laughs> you.